Are you ready? Let's do it. Welcome to the Just Different Podcast. I am your host, Darren Starks, and I'm joined by my co-host, brother, and friend, Jordan. We out here. And yeah. now we're here. You know what I'm saying? And honestly, today in this episode, we're going to be going through what it looks like to break your phone addiction, what it means to you know gain back your time, your focus, and honestly be able to actually like fix your eyes on Jesus and just what's right in front of you. The last six months, I feel I've been very much glued to my phone and it's left me in this weird state spiritually where I know I love God and, you know, I give my time to him and I feel as if I sacrificed, but whenever I come home from work or on the weekends, or at any point I have time to relax, I have any moment to just be with myself, I tend to just want to be entertained. Like the last thing I feel like I want to do is get in my word, worship, when I have the option of like even maybe going to Bible study or being with friends to seek more of God, go on a fast, it is the last option on the table to me. It seems as if like my desire and propensity is very much fixed on scrolling through TikTok, watching YouTube, and masking that behind a well, I'm getting educated or, you know, I'm learning a lot or I'm connecting with people when in actuality, I feel as if it's really deteriorating like my faith and like my affinity for God almost. Mm -hmm. And there was a quote that I found that really put this together in terms of how it's been halting my faith in some ways. And it says, for many of us, the great danger is not that we will renounce our faith. It is that we will become so distracted, rushed, and preoccupied that we will settle for a mediocre version of it. We will just skim our lives instead of actually living of, living them. And if there is a word to describe kind of like what happened or I feel like the effect of just being so tied to my phone is it led me to a mediocre faith. Not one that was renounced, that I left, that I wasn't a part of, but one that I wasn't experiencing the fullness of. And that's the danger. And I think one thing social media does is social media makes us bored with the things we would normally enjoy. And so when we think about whether that be like going out and hanging with friends, praying, worship, getting in our word, picking up a book, a new skill, like or just family time, like all of these things that would normally like stimulate us, bring us a lot of life. It essentially makes these things kind of mundane. Like it's the last thing that we actually want to do. And one thing that I put down is the fact that I think our phones make us settle for what entertains us, but not what truly satisfies. And that's what I've seen in my life, right? Like it's funny the other day I was doing the dishes and you know, for the first time, I feel I've actually been able to slow down coming into this year and take a lot of these distractions out of my life. And, you know, for the first time in a while, it's like, oh, wow, like I actually enjoy this. Like <laughs> I had the window right there. I'm enjoying the scenery. And, you know, six months ago, that, that would have never been the case. And like this extends far beyond some mundane tasks you do within the yeah. kitchen or around the house. But it definitely does correlate and it, it applies across the board. Yeah, I think I can relate to a lot of that, especially the part of like, you know, things that 
truly satisfy you, the things that you should genuinely be focusing your time and your energy on, becoming more like chores, things that you feel like you have to do into, instead of things that you want to do because you have the convenience of your phone and right. being stimulated in that way. And this is something that I saw the uh, More Purpose pod. I heard them talk about on uh, Instagram. It was an Instagram reel about two weeks ago. And it was a good refresher because it's been a while since I've heard this. But they were talking about the difference between weight and sin. And how at one point in your walk, you ask yourself, okay, is this a sin or is it not a sin? Right? Because you was like, okay, let me stay away from the things that are, you know, drawing me away from God. So that's the question that you ask, right? But it becomes tricky because there are things that are weights that aren't necessarily sin. I think the phone is one of those things. And it, this concept stems from a verse in Hebrews 12.1. So it says, since we have such a great cloud of witnesses, let us cast off every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us and run this race with endurance that's been set before us. Right. So it says, let us cast off every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares, ensnares us, making a distinction between weight and sin, right? So like I was saying earlier, you have to mature in your walk to asking yourself, is this a weight instead of is this a sin? Because there are things that that um, are weights, but like I said, aren't necessarily categorized as like sin. The phone, right? I'm not going, the phone isn't inherently, or social media isn't inherently a sin, but it can be a weight in a lot of people's lives. Mm-hmm. So when you shift yourself from, the perspective of is this a sin to the perspective of is this a weight you'll really start to notice a lot of things in your life that you probably shouldn't be entertaining that you probably shouldn't be um, giving your time and energy to and that's something that was revealed to me and it really becomes shocking like how much is holding you back from um, especially when you actually spend intentional time away from it for for an extended period of time, I'm not talking about like a day, like I'm off my phone. I'm talking about extended period of time. You're intentional for like a week, being away from it, deleting apps, whatever the case may be. You'll actually start to notice a difference. So I think that's a very important distinction that you have to make with, and not even just this, any habits, bad habits in your life in general. Like, is this a weight? Is this keeping me from running the race as effectively and efficiently as I could be? And just taking away from the fullness of life. Yeah. And... It's interesting because what I had down was a stat that I heard in a conversation I had a while ago because someone was speaking about how they had completely deleted their social media and had really been taking the time away from their phone. And it was really stemmed from like a study or a stat that they had been exposed to and they gave to me. But it essentially is the fact that we will spend almost 10 years of our life on our phone. Um, the study goes on to say that the average person spends a little over – 76,000 hours on their smartphones over the course of their lifetime, which works out to about nine years of their life. So this, that computes the average age of acquiring a phone now just over 10 years old with three hours of average daily use. So that's just for y'all on the low end. (laughs) (laughs) If that's that's screen time pushing five, six. That's um, low, bro. And that really, for me, put it in perspective right yeah. this isn't just like doomsday scrolling or leisure like yo this is really taking time away from your life right when you look at that over the course of like days weeks months and then years you find yourself in a position where you've almost given like a, a complete partial part of your core life god's giving you to work on your purpose and enjoy everything around you to just staring into a screen right and 
I think that it's interesting because, again, as Jordan said, it's not necessarily a sin. And so this isn't a message of just going into a hole or a cave and not finding any enjoyment in like right. what is and what's been created at all. But it's just understanding where true life comes from and not having anything that is artificial yeah. that makes us you know, think that life is boring. Yeah, this uh, this conversation has reminded me of a video I was watching the other day, and I didn't think it correlated until you said something. You were talking about how it takes away from time, and I'm excited to lean into this concept that his name was Myron Golden. He's the guy who was speaking in the video. He does, like, these seminars and webinars and stuff like that, and I'm excited to lean into this concept that he was talking about. So essentially what he was doing was he was breaking down the first things that God created are really the first thing. And then the first command that he gave and he was correlating the two. So it stems from, he starts in the first, the first verse of the Bible, right? So this is the first thing God created. It says in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So he breaks that down into three different things in the beginning. So God created time beginning, right? So he created time and then God created the heavens, which is space, and then he created the earth, which is matter. So he, he, he starts with that. Like, God, those, these are the first things that God created. And then he goes on to the first things that God commanded. And that's where it says, be fruitful and multiply. So he says, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion. So that's the first command and the first things that God created. So and with the first things that God commanded us, there were three different things in that as well. Just like there was time, space, and matter. And what he commanded us to do, he told us to be fruitful. He told us to multiply, fill the earth, and subdue it, which is do. So he told us to be, he told us to do, and he told us to have dominion, right? So I wish I could show you guys this chart. I really, broke, I literally broke it down into a chart. So to specify, to go deeper, right? First thing to God created was time, space, matter. First thing he commanded was for us to be, for us to do, and for us, for us to have, right? And when you understand the character of God, you understand that he would never command us to do something that he didn't already provide for. So the correlation that he was making was God created time for us to become, for us to be. He created space so that we could do that what he told us to do. And he created matter so that we could have what he told us to have. So back to that first one and how it correlates to this conversation is like God created time so that we could become what he was telling us to be. When he's telling us to be fruitful, multiply, do these things like he's create. He created time so that we could become. And when he worded it, I've never heard it put like that. But when he made that correlation and worded yeah, it, that's fine. I, I know I was like, and w- which is why I said I'm, I'm excited to lean into this concept because it it just clicked. It makes so much sense. Like God always provides for what He tells us to do. So He created time so that we could become what He told us to become. But the 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 difficult part or the dangerous part about that in this conversation is I feel like outside of even phones, there's so many things that are taking away from this time that God gave us so that we could become who he told us to become. Mm. And that's dangerous because that's what he created time for. So it's like we're, um, hmm, we're wasting it on anything that's taking us away from really turning into what God told us to be. So I think for me, that adds a lot more urgency to this conversation. Like, this isn't just something that we're just getting up here and chatting about, right? Like, biblically, this is something that we have to be 
very intentional about using the time in the way that God wanted us to use it. Um, so I feel like that just adds so much more urgency to it for me. That changes everything. And, that, and that's something that we mentioned once, the fact that like God gives us time as a currency to spend on our purpose. Exactly. And all of that breakdown of even what happens like within Genesis, within those first few chapters, or rather verses, definitely does put it all in perspective. And so when we think about the reason that we have time, um, it is to like become and also just like enjoy the fullness that is available to us in terms of the earth and what is able to be created for our enjoyment to spend time with one another and make memories. Um, Because I think sometimes we can lean more toward this extreme level of the conversation of like okay like yo don't enjoy anything that Mm -hmm. is present that we have like god has given us the ability to to indulge in and it's all about just work and grinding and hustle um instead of understanding that um it's a place time is a space for us like to become but also to just sit in the fullness thereof and so I always wonder what people did when, like, they didn't have phones. Because I, I think I was watching a TikTok video probably that was talking about it. And he was it was, like, a co- comical type of type of tone to it. But it was, like, um, I don't remember exactly what it was saying. I just remember it being a funny video. But it made me think about it for real. I was, like, wait, like, he got a good point. Like, what did people do in those awkward situations, you know, when you're in those uncomfortable spots? Your first habit is to just pull out that, pull out your phone and just be you know spend your time doing that but it's like people didn't always have that that luxury right so what do they do and i just feel like i i don't know this might seem like a crazy jump to make (laughs) and maybe not i feel like people were just closer as a whole without phones because i feel like in those situations you would just have a conversation with someone right you know like when you're out in the store or at the airport or wherever you're at you would just have a conversation with someone no, I would agree. And to even answer your question, that's really, you know, the next part of this conversation that I want to get into. Like, for those who know, this is something that you struggle with and you also are, like, wanting to take active steps to get out of. One thing that we also have to just, like, dig deeper into is, like, okay, like, if I'm wanting to get away from social media or just, like, con- consistently being on my phone, like, what is the alternative, right? Like, what am I supposed to do with my time that I have and what am I supposed to substitute this entertainment with and I think one of the big things is again like it's it's going to take a while for you to get like adjusted whenever you are kind of like waning off of like what's always stimulated you for so long and so you have to be like comfortable in silence be comfortable within quiet spaces and ultimately you know like quote unquote being bored right not always being like in motion or actively like Mm -hmm. consuming anything and so I think you know one big thing for me and I always suggest to other people is um, take up like a new skill or a hobby right so like for example like learning an instrument or whether that be taking up a second language or a book um, or getting to like different like exercises if you are into crossfit or want to start running cycling um cooking even graphic design photography um blog uh journaling so 
you have to find like other interests yeah. um, that will take your time and fill it that you can actually enjoy and that's one of the biggest things always when you're getting out of like any type of like habit or addiction is you have to find like something else to be obsessed with right yeah. we are creatures of like worship and obsession is definitely the word and so like yo if you are like consumed with always scrolling through youtube or watching your favorite influencer and or or tv series it's just about finding something else so captivating that that looks boring yeah that that no longer mm-hmm. like no longer entices you to the level that it once did and so i actually saw a quote that mentioned the fact that you want to find something or multiple activities in your life that make netflix boring that takes so much of your captivation and your affinity that nothing else really matters and you can sit within that and really take it the distance and so that's something i'm definitely like adopting and taking on and is the beauty of really like taking a lot of my screen time away and being able to just enjoy life like more time with my family and like having game nights playing spades uno family feud and everything in between and you know those are the moments that i really live for more than ever now and i've definitely been able to see a difference even in my focus and also like my capacity to kind of like learn to consume information hold conversations um and just have energy for a lot of other parts of my life that i feel hold so much more weight yeah i agree i remember you had told me that a few weeks back and i remember it just hitting so different like it held a different type of way we said i found something that makes netflix boring mm-hmm. and i went out and did it you know what i'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but um i think f- for some people because i think for me a part of it was um difficult because it's a transition especially when you're kind of hooked on netflix when you're hooked on social media it seems very so it's so mundane at first when you're trying out these different skills and even all the things that you listed off earlier and something that helped me a lot was recognizing that they weren't the substitute like the thing that i was starting to do to make netflix boring right focus on music focus focus on my purpose that isn't the substitute the phone, the social media, the the music, whatever, I mean, whatever it is, that is the substitute. That's the thing that has taken the spot of the now purpose that you are trying to find. So I think shifting your mindset to that is also very important because it might seem like, dang, like, I'm trying to find these things like this book is boring, bro. This is just a substitute for social media. No, bro, the social media became the substitute along the way. You just didn't recognize it. It was just subconsciously just happened no, that's um, a good point just, yeah. it becomes the alternative and i think i like that particular phrase or analogy because again it's not like these things are inherently evil or aren't actually enjoyable it's just when they become the primary source of our consumption in our lives and what it revolves around is when we can see you know what i call like a mediocre faith exactly. and like honestly just a very subpar lifestyle in general or at large and last thing i'll really end with is a few more like practical tips of like what i do and it's interesting because i'll see a lot of people who do still do a few of these things and it's so foreign to me but here's the first thing turn off all notifications on your phone 
like all of them, especially for social media specifically. The only no- notifications that I have are my messages, and I don't even know if I get push notifications for those. And I also don't have the number icon on any of my apps, even my messages, right? Mm-hmm. So I don't want to be like compelled or pulled to be anywhere at any time or yeah. on any platform unless like I'm consciously making the decision and both of those things just kind of are that draw naturally if I like, okay mm-hmm. like what's going on what's happening and what's taking place so turn off all notifications second thing is set time limits on your phone right if there's something that you really are intentional about and you are looking to do then this is one that is actually going to help you at times it's may seem a bit minuscule minute but setting time limits just so you're consciously aware like i have i used to have i think an hour time limit like on all social media and so once that was up i would literally get a notification that would pop up when i went to the app and of course you have the opportunity you have the option to ignore it um but again like that also just builds a bit more habitual action and self-control to really like hold yourself accountable to your own word so that's the second thing and then the third thing that i have done and haven't been doing right now because sometimes i have to either like edit or look at some type of video but i put my phone on a grayscale and you can do that in the accessibility function within your settings and That'll definitely be a lifesaver. It won't make it as appealing uh, to, like, get on and, like, consistently, like, scroll and whatnot. But that's more of, like, an extreme if you really try and, like, lock in for real, for real. But that's one thing that I've definitely adopted. And so I think, honestly, between those particular three, these are just more barriers to entry to put in place. So it's something that you're protecting yourself from, right? Because when we talk about our time, we talk about our peace, we talk about our joy, and those three things that we're ultimately trying to press into that much more is something that you have to protect. You have to defend. And when we think about our phones and, you know, more specifically are synonymous with that social media, these are apps that are actively trying to grab a piece of all of that. And so this is all about um, being on the defense and being proactive as well. And that's when we're going to see um, the results of all of this. Yeah, I would say in terms of how to the way I've always looked at it is say if you if you play a sport and you know that the opponents you know their offensive plays like you study their playbook you know all of their plays by heart you can tell the formation by just looking at how they setting up on the court on the field whatever and you just know the ins and outs of how they work it's going to be that much easier to stop them like they're probably not scoring on you okay. if you really know it that well so translating that to this conversation or really any habit that you're trying to get rid of is, I think, recognizing how how it functions, like how your mind functions with the habit and how it works on a deeper level is easier to stop doing that thing. And I had been I had watched um, a video recently about bad habits and how your brain remo- how your brain responds to them and whatnot. And I remember about four years ago, I was on a huge like. I was just so fascinated with the brain and how it functioned and like the conscious mind and the subconscious mind. And it it still intrigues me to this day, but it was talking about how with habits, what happens is your brain literally tries to make everything easier for you. And sometimes that's to your detriment because your brain can't tell when you're doing something that is bad for you or something that's good for you. Your brain's just like, let me put anything on autopilot and make this person's life easier for them. So say I have a bad habit of getting on my phone. What your brain does is it literally creates neural pathways 
in your brain to make that thing easier to do, right? So when you feel that, that buzz, that notification, the more you just pick up your phone every time, that's how it becomes a habit. Your brain just like stimulates that neural pathway. Oh, pick up the phone, right? Because it's just trying to make it easier for you, right? Because if it notices it's something that you're constantly doing, it just kind of puts it on autopilot for you. So something I've been doing with bad habits outside of even just the phone is trying to visualize. Anytime I have that urge to go reach for it or do this thing, I know I try to visualize the neural pathway being lit up or trying to at least, and I like turn off the light on it type of thing. I know that seems kind of goofy, but genuinely visualizing that has helped. I've, I've been doing it for honestly only like a week and a half, but it has helped a lot. But like I said, in, in general, just understanding how that functions, I think does a lot and it helps. So that's just something that I've been doing on top of all things that you mentioned, but that's just, just how to for me. So no, yeah, that's it. And so I feel as if we're kind of on a kick right now of probably for January, just going through a lot of things that like we're adopting ourselves for the next year. And we feel in turn, definitely a lot of other people like struggle with and want to help them out with that. And so, yeah, I hope this definitely like has like bless you able to take something away from it. But I think the consensus is the fact that we don't want to be so distracted and preoccupied to the point of a mediocre faith when, you know, our primary like response or even like desire is getting in the way of our pursuit of God, Mm -hmm. our purpose and just being able to live life. And so when we talk about being able to bring it all into perspective of what's going to satisfy us rather than entertain, like drawing back from just this constant, you know, cycle of like our phones. Um, it's definitely going to be what does it. So, you know, we love y'all and we'll see y'all next week. Stay you stay real. Stay humble. Much love.